What's up, Industrial Marketer? From Gorilla76, the Industrial Marketing Agency, this is the Manufacturing Marketer Podcast, a show dedicated to all the small marketing teams working at companies that make stuff. I'm Brendan, and today with me is Aaron, strategist at Gorilla76. Hi, Aaron. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Brendan. Uh, can you just give us a quick intro on you? Just, uh, you know, like a couple sentence intro on who Aaron is? Yeah, sure. I am a strategist here at Gorilla76. Uh, been back with the company about seven months, but I was an intern in my college days. And in between there, I worked in-house for an industrial company that makes packaging equipment. So been in industrial pretty much all my career and can't imagine doing anything else. Awesome. Uh, so one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, Aaron, is because you do run the marketing program for Gorilla76. And so you're dealing with a lot of the content that we're creating as, a, as an agency. And so today I wanted to talk to you about content creation and specifically repurposing the content that you created. Uh, so you take our industrial marketing live episodes and you repurpose those into videograms and get them out onto, into the world in ads and in organic LinkedIn. Uh, you've been doing some article writing for the company and have turned those into LinkedIn posts. I just want to like dive in, pick your brain and uh, see what your strategy is about that. So first, let's just talk about like, what is repurposing content? What does it mean? And can you give us a couple examples of it? Yeah, I think repurposing content can mean a lot of different things. It can be taking a video and transforming it into a blog post by transcribing it. It can be taking a longer form piece of written content and chopping it up into lots of smaller form pieces of content. Sometimes it can be a straight up uh, copy and paste job, but sometimes you may need to take a little nugget and add some embellishment like there may be a really good snippet of an interview with one of your SMEs that you want to put on your social media, but it doesn't really have a good like start to it, like a hook that's going to make people want to read it. So yeah. it's not always like content repurposing, I think makes it sound like it's easy. Like you're just straight up recycling things, but sometimes there is a little bit more nuance to it. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I would agree with that definition. It's just we create a piece of content over here and then we find ways to transform it to work in this other medium or in this other channel. Um, and it just like, it gives life to your content pieces. So next, like for your perspective, what are some of the benefits of repurposing content, especially, you know, for our audience, B2B marketers and manufacturing? Yeah, I think, you know, as well as I do, like formerly being in house and talking to other industrial marketers every day, I think the biggest benefit is time, right? Right, right, like, totally. <laughs> when you are repurposing content, you can really focus in on a few valuable topics um, and make something really great, like a webinar episode or a more comprehensive white paper or blog post. And then the smaller pieces of content that you need to support the rest of your marketing plan can all come from something that you focused on and feel really proud of and is aligned with your marketing strategy. You don't have to be constantly scrambling for the next thing you're going to post on LinkedIn or the next little video for your yeah. YouTube or TikTok. If you're doing that, like you can kind of start from something larger and let it yeah. trickle down. Totally. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And like that time piece is so huge, right? Like, cause we're talking about one to two to maybe three person marketing teams, right? And it takes a lot of time to write a full blown blog article, right? Interview an SME and, 
you know, so take 30 minutes to an hour of their time, outline something, draft something, edit it, you know, get approval by the boss, get second approval by the boss, get it published. Um, and then it's like, well, on to the next thing. And so you spent all that time, I guess, like, so for that most recent demand gen article, and we'll, we'll post a link to that to get a little distribution out of that too here uh, in the, in the podcast description, but how long did it take you to write that, that article that you wrote for the Gorilla website? Yeah. So it's a longer form article. I want to say it was like just around 2000 words and I didn't have to interview anyone from it. I pulled from my own experience, but I started out with an outline. I want to say I spent maybe like between 30 minutes and maybe up to an hour on that. And then writing probably another couple of hours. And then it went through two rounds of edits. So maybe like another hour or so there, just making small tweaks. And then I had to put it up on the website, which surprisingly takes a while to yeah. format things in, in WordPress. That's maybe like another half hour. I think like all in all, it was probably a full solid like day's work. It didn't all yeah. happen in one day, but probably like maybe like eight yeah. hours start to finish. But yeah. I know when you have an interview, like if I had to interview you or our founder, Joe, for information, that would have added so much more time to it, which yeah. I know is often the case when you're writing technical industrial articles. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then like with the interviewer, then you're adding in like the prep time, like you got to get good questions. Like you don't want to just go into that cold. Then it's the, you know, booking the time with the SME. And yeah. So you're talking about one to two work full work days to create a piece over, you know, one to two weeks, probably that's a long time for it to just be one thing that's going to go live on your blog that, you know, the SEO might bring you like a couple people a month. Um, but like no one's going to the gorilla website or to your manufacturing website to just like, let's peruse the articles and see what's in there for me. Like, so you're like, there's a lot of time. Right. And the other piece here too, is just like, we have to think about the audience too, like an AIDS consumption, like not everybody out there wants to read Aaron's 2000 word article about demand generation. Right. It, It was a really good article. I'm glad I read it. Um, but you know, that's not like how people really consume information now. Right. So if we can take a longer piece, that has got a lot of great points in it. If we just block that off, chunk that out into three to five pieces, like then, and then distribute smaller chunks. And so you get people to read your thoughts, understand your POV, you know, come around to your way of thinking. Um, you just got, it comes in smaller chunks in a little longer time. Um, but it gives, it gives that piece of content, some legs to move forward with. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's like, this is what we refer to as maybe like pillar content. Some people call it that mm-hmm. or like your like rock content. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's kind of two different ways to think about it. I have repurposed that post that I wrote for the gorilla site. I think I got like 10 different LinkedIn posts out yeah. of it for my personal page. Um, but I've also run like a pillar content strategy for, um, one of my clients in the past, and we had this long form piece of content and then it had smaller related topics. Mm -hmm. So those were not like a copy and paste job really at all. It was, um, it was more like the, the time saved there was having to build your content strategy from scratch. Totally. What types of content do you think make good candidates for repurposing? I think long form um, blog posts, I think webinars, especially if you get on a good schedule and it's recurring. Um, And I think 
I don't know, like any interviews, mm-hmm. anything that's kind of occurring naturally yep. that you can find opportunities for. So when we do say customer interviews for research, sometimes we repurpose those into videograms or testimonials that we can use yeah. on the website. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind, it's like those long form pieces, right? So like, like you mentioned, like so blog articles, case studies. Um, I think, you know, some landing pages might be a, a good thing here. YouTube video, like long form YouTube videos, right? So you're talking about a, like a three to 10 minute video, a product demo, um, like what we do with industrial marketing live, right? So like a webinar style format like that, like you said, um, podcasts, like, so this would mm-hmm. be a good place for us to uh, figure out how to do repurposing. Um, yeah. So those long form pieces, but then I think on the flip side, there's shorter form, right? So like Aaron, like you could go in into your personal LinkedIn or onto the gorilla LinkedIn and, you know, maybe over a week, like you kind of have like a central theme for the post that you're writing and you notice like you know, two or three of those, like kind of hit off and got a, got a likes and views to it. Well, maybe we could expand this now out into a larger piece that could be a, a pillar piece or a con, you know, content pillar kind of thing that we can then build out from there too. So you can make smaller into one bigger thing too. So it's just like, it goes both ways, but I think you're right. Like to get started, like just articles or podcast interviews, webinars are great candidates for this. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's talk about uh, best practices around doing this, right? So you create the pillar piece. How are you going about figuring out how you're going to create those micro pieces off of that? Yeah, I think you need to think about where it's going first, right? Like, are you making smaller blog posts? Are you trying to turn it into like make videos out of the same concept? Is it going to be a social media post? Are you going to write an email? An email. Yeah. Yeah. You have to make the repurposed content digestible based on the, the platform it's going to how I would repurpose even like an email versus a LinkedIn post could be similar lengths but I'm probably approaching repurposing a little bit differently on the intent and the audience and the channel. So I think that's like the number one thing to keep in mind is, is where it's going and what the best practices are for that platform. Right. Like on LinkedIn, I don't want a bunch of really long paragraphs or even like two sentences strung together. You know, there's just so many quick separate lines. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the biggest piece here is how do people, interact with a platform that you're going to distribute on. So is your audience there, right? Like don't repurpose your content to a place your audience not, right? Like if your audience is not on Twitter, don't write tweets. Like, you know, like, so don't think to repurpose your long form stuff into, into places that they're not, uh, not hanging out. Um, I think that's like the biggest thing to just keep in mind is like, who is your audience? Where are they? And how are they actually consuming? What format is successful? And just gotta like, do it a bunch of times, right? Like, you know how to write a good LinkedIn post. So it's easy for you to kind of look at a piece and pull out the things that would make for a good LinkedIn post. Um, okay. How are you measuring the success of those repurposed pieces of content? Is it, is it, is it different from the long form piece? Yes. I would analyze success based on the platform, not the original piece, right? So yeah. if, I, if it's becoming a LinkedIn post, I am kind of using the same measures of success as other LinkedIn posts mm-hmm. that I've written, um, which is kind of subjective. I also think like when I've repurposed something, I am, it feels like there's less of a sunk cost, right? Like yep. sometimes we've all had it. We put so much effort into like a shorter form piece of content that we think is really great. 
And then it just doesn't perform super well. Um, Like I keep referring back to LinkedIn posts because that's the content I'm creating most often. But these like LinkedIn posts that are coming from repurposed content, I'm like, oh, well, it didn't perform as great. I I learned something from that. Maybe the hook wasn't strong enough. Um, But it's like, ah, at least I didn't spend 45 minutes writing this. It was was relatively easy to at least get something out there and learn something. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of times like we'll um, put the link to the thing in our, like if we're doing a LinkedIn post into the comments, right? So mm-hmm. like if we're just looking at metrics then, like, do you care about that link click to the content piece? Do you care about the likes that you get? Do you care about comments or do you care about, um, you know, just views of the piece? Like what, like if we're just looking at numbers, like how would you rank those as terms of like what you're looking for out of a repurposed piece of content? Mm. Do, you care that, do you care that people go to the longer piece? Um, if it's organic, not always, because my point was just to get something out there and engage with people. Right. But if I'm repurposing a longer form piece of content into ads, so that's a hack. If you feel like you don't have any capacity to write ads, but you have capacity to make one really good piece of content, like once a quarter, maybe you can write your ads based on that longer form content you've done. And then your landing page for that ad is probably that longer form piece of content. So in that case, I do care about link clicks because the objective is to educate them further. Whereas my objective on um, organic social is just to engage people in the moment. But on the flip side, even if it isn't paid, sometimes a link clicks not like you want people to get educated, but if you write your ad copy in a way that actually like, you know, pulls out good insights from your longer form piece, maybe it's just enough for it to be in the feed, right? And they, so maybe you're looking at in LinkedIn on uh, your, your paid metrics, the other click, like other clicks will show you like people that hit see more. Like, so now people have read the 600 characters that you put into the poster. Did, maybe you created a carousel ad off of your piece, right? Like the top five uh, tips on how to make CNC machining better, you know, or whatever. And you put each tip on a piece of carousel. Like, so now you can measure the clicks for each of those, those tips. So, yeah, I think it, it just depends. Like for, to me, like it depends on the goal, right? Um, I like to see people engage with the content. I really look for for comments, right? I like to see how are people reacting to this. What questions are coming off of this? Did I do a good enough job to get information in there um, so people know what I'm trying to talk about? And then I love comments because now it's another link to another piece, right? If somebody asks you questions, like, oh, that could probably just be another new LinkedIn post instead of just being an answer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's another great, um, not quite a repurposing hack, but kind of related is when you make comments, like thoughtful comments on posts about topics relevant to your industry. That is a lot of what sparks my ideas for making things, yeah. right? When I yep. comment on your post or Joe's post, sometimes I'm like, dang, I shouldn't expand on this and make this comment like, its own thing. So, yeah. And if you're posting, you know, your long form blog on your website, uh, not many places have a comment block on any of these blogs anymore. Right. So like you don't get any feedback. Uh, did people like my 2000 word article, Aaron, you have no idea what people think about that thing. If you don't talk about it anywhere else, right. Like you'll see like how many people clicked into the article and you'll see, um, time on page and you'll see bounce rate. Right. But it's like, that's not enough for really me to know, like, did people get what they wanted out of this? But if you chunk that thing up and put your ideas into the world where people are hanging out, 
now you can start getting some feedback. Like, okay, so my point of view does make sense. Mm-hmm. This riled people up. Uh, I need to like dig into this more. Um, people don't react to this at all. I probably should stop talking about it. You don't learn any of that if you just keep it in your blog. So repurposing it, just like, yeah, it's like, it just gives it more legs and it gives your piece more opportunities to be seen when it's not going to be seen as much as just one long piece. Yeah, exactly. I think like when it comes to content, there's a lot of debate between like, gosh, well, content's free. First of all, that's a myth. Content's never free. Right. Um, yeah. You spent a day, like a day of Aaron's time was spent working on that article. That was not yeah. free to gorilla. No, it wasn't. I think it was valuable is worth it, but it wasn't free. Mm-hmm. But yet there's, there's still this conception that it's free. I think that it's so important to pair the organic with the paid because the insights from one always inform the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you're paying for it one way or another, whether it's mm-hmm. somebody's time or whether it's actual dollars to LinkedIn or Facebook. Yeah. Um, a good example that I had uh, with one of my clients who had a little bit more heavy SEO strategy we're also running retargeting ads for them on LinkedIn. And because you can see demographic information from those LinkedIn ads, and it's like this audience, the demographics that I'm seeing here are the demographics of our website visitors. That's where our retargeting audience is coming from. And I was able to see like, and draw the conclusion that the traffic we were generating to our website through SEO was really qualified because I was running retargeting ads and I could see that audience in LinkedIn. So I think that's just something you're missing out on when you assume content is free and you don't you don't go that extra step to distribute it. Aaron, that was a killer tip right there. I've never even thought about it like that way. Like to understand like who your audience is, go into your website, run some retargeting in LinkedIn and, and check out the, the demographic data. That's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. What do you think are some mistakes people make when they go to create this repurposed content? Oh yeah, I've already mentioned it, but I think just the uh, assumption that it's a straight copy paste job, yep. I think can create poorly repurposed content that just feels out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think creating for creating with repurposing in mind is important to prevent mistakes down the road. Like sometimes the idea of repurposing content is like, great, I can do this. But you've written a blog post in such a way where it's like, gosh, no matter where I pull from it, it feels out of context. Yeah. Like I haven't supported my ideas as I've gone. I haven't had a good structure to my original pillar piece. Like I think that's an upfront mistake that a lot of people can make easily. Yeah, that, that's a good tip. Okay, so let's get into some brass tacks here. I want to talk about the examples from the article a little bit more, and then also for my ML. So let's start like with the articles. I think more people start with you know the written piece. So can you just talk about like, so did you go into that piece thinking you were going to repurpose the content? And then how did you identify the pieces that you wanted to pull out? Yeah. So how I approached that piece, I think had to do a lot with how I was able to repurpose it. So starting with an agenda will really set you up, set you up for success. I said agenda, I meant outline. outline. Um, <laughs> that will set you up for success yeah. when you go to repurpose later. Um, because I found myself writing each section almost as if I was writing a long form LinkedIn post. And so when I went to repurpose, I had all these sections with headings and I tried to identify, okay, like if, can I just straight up copy and paste this? Most of the time the answer is no. 
So I, then I read through and I'm like, okay, what can I cut out to make this more appropriate lengthwise for LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. And then also like some posts I repurpose from later in the article, there's like context from the beginning of the article that you don't have, yeah. um, but it's still a good nugget. So I had to think about like, okay, how can I change this? So that context isn't necessary. Yeah. And it was just small tweaks, like where I was referring to a specific example I oftentimes didn't need that reference in the LinkedIn post, or I could just like summarize it really easily. Mm -hmm. So I think like going based off of headings and then just keeping in mind, like the length and the format that you need on the other channel. Okay. All right. So let's talk about, uh, industrial marketing live, right? So every other week, uh, audience listening, you've heard me talk about it, but IndustrialMarketingLive.com to get registered for Industrial Marketing Live, uh, first and third Thursdays of the month, 10 a.m. All right, so Aaron runs a lot of the backend work for Industrial Marketing Live for us. So uh, you know we get together, we talk about what the scope of the the episode is going to be about, and then Aaron has a recording uh, afterwards that she goes to uh, to to you know create the repurposed content from. So let's just talk about what that process looks like. Yeah, so this one's a little bit trickier because. If you've ever joined an IML, you know it's not a traditional it's webinar a little chaotic. structure. <laughs> it can be chaotic. Yeah. There's a lot of good little nuggets in there. Yeah. So we don't have slides. I can't just like breeze through a YouTube recording and say like, okay, the heading on this slide looks interesting. Like I can't translate my approach from a written no. piece as easily here. But what's really important when you're repurposing something that's maybe a little less structured is being there as it's created. So I'm in IML every week. I'm not always like actively uh, talking, but I'm listening. And I just kind of note like, oh, Brendan said something really interesting that could make for a good like repurposed content. And I just note when that happened. Mm -hmm. So then when I go back to repurpose, I don't have to listen to an entire 45 minute recording. Um, I do if I miss IML that week, but I think how you find those nuggets is being really aware of one, what your audience wants to know. Like I hear certain words come out of your mouth and I'm like, yep, that's a pain point that industrial marketers have. Like I need to flag that, but also being really aware of like good hooks. Yeah. That's a tough thing with a webinar or like a podcast format with repurposing is the hook's not ever there usually, right? Because we are having this way longer conversation, right? You and me are going to be talking here for 30-ish, 40 minutes here. And the hook was the beginning sentence, you know, when we introduced for doing a repurpose. Uh, there's not been a single hook in here. And so that is a difficult thing with podcasting or webinars. But I think you could probably be really... Um, you know, bringing the hooks into the writing piece, right? When you're mm-hmm. writing the, the the copy, you know, be strong with your hook there. Uh, it's probably the only way to do it. Otherwise, like it, it would be too forced, I think, especially in, in IML for us to be like hook time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes like the easiest, like most comparable thing there is to a hook in IML is when you or Peyton ask a question yep. and we have like a guest. Yeah. Like, Questions can be a good hook. And then I also think like if you're doing the traditional videogram format, the title of the videogram, if you know what I'm talking about, like yep. the text at the top, that is where your hook is. Yep. Um, and it's really important to write that well to make people want to listen to the nugget you pulled out. Yep. 
Okay. Where do you see the future of content repurposing? Or, you know, if you have any thoughts there. Oh, I don't know. I think, I think it'll continue to be a staple of content marketing. Um, I think sometimes marketers like worry too much about being lazy. Like we're always go, 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 but Mm -hmm. there's never, I, I think there's never shame in content repurposing. I think it's working smarter, not harder. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think with new tools like AI, especially like there might be even easier ways to do it. But for now, I think always having a human brain behind it really makes that content go further. Yep, totally. Um, I think it's going to be like channel thing too, right? Like TikTok's been on the rise. We'll, we'll see if it's going to have a very quick fall off here, um, you know, with all, all the stuff happening in Congress. But, you know, that opened up a whole new channel of places for you to repurpose content into or mm-hmm. to create content to then repurpose somewhere else, right? Like a lot of people are talking about create the content in TikTok and then repurpose it into reels and shorts and, you know, and Facebook stories or whatever. Um, yeah. So we're always going to have more channels. Like the channels are going to keep coming. Um, so we'll have places to repurpose that way. And then I think you're right. Like, I think AI will help speed up your ability to create the repurpose content, but I don't think it's ever going to take away you know, the human piece of this on like identifying, like this was the insight that we need to pull out. Um, like I've been trying to figure out ways on how, you know, to use a tool to help summarize some podcast stuff and that just to like get you in the right direction and do a, a good transcription so that you can go back. Cause it is hard to go back through an audio file or a video file and pull the things out. Um, but if you had a tool to help you maybe like list that out better than what, you know, zoom's kicking back for a transcript, it makes that thing a little bit easier. Uh, all right, Aaron, what advice would you give to any industrial marketers who want to start repurposing content? Yeah, I think be strategic about it. So start with your big ideas. Like it's almost like that analogy of filling a jar with rocks, right? Mm-hmm. You have to put in the biggest rocks first, fill it out with pebbles, and then fill the rest with sand. I feel like marketers get a lot of sand thrown at them, like quick ideas for little posts or little videos that you can make. Start with the rocks and then let that inform the the smaller pieces that fill out the rest of your content strategy. Yeah. And I like that kind of goes back to like you you can use this to reduce the amount of long form pieces you need to make now. Right. Like you have more space for rocks and sand now if you like if you're thinking about it right so instead of like i need a blog post a week well maybe i could do a blog post a month or a blog post a quarter and then from there bring out like here's like a bunch of emails off of this one post here's a bunch of social media posts off this one post here's some ad copy i can do um maybe i could take this long form you know maybe in the future what we could do is we could take that script that you wrote and repurpose that into a conversation on this podcast is actually one of the things I was thinking about for a topic for today. Um, but we'll save that for another time. Um, or a video script, right? Like, so now we can take your article and then write a video script off that. So now we have a different, a different medium. Um, and I, so I think like, just keep your eyes open and your options open on where else would this be useful? And where's my, like, how else can I deliver this to into my audience in a valuable way uh, to, you know, to help us demonstrate our expertise and build trust with our, with our buyers. All right. One last question for you, Aaron. How do you get started? Oh, you have to make something. But I think before you even make something, you have to understand what your focus should be. And we say it all the time, but you do that by talking to your customers. Mm-hmm. So listen to some sales calls, talk to a customer if you can, identify like one problem that you hear over and over 
and then make that the focus of like your first big content piece and break down and repurpose from there. For someone just getting started that hasn't, that doesn't have any content pieces yet, where should they, you know, where do you, where do you think is an easier place for them to get started to create that long form piece of content? Yeah, I think I would say long form writing is yeah. the most accessible, but if that still feels daunting, I know everyone, not everyone's a writer, like ask an SME, like an engineer or somebody in your company who knows a lot about something, think of some questions and record your conversation for a half hour and just see what you can do with that. Maybe you just transcribe it. Maybe it's smaller videos. I think that's kind of an easy to do uh, if you've never done anything like this before. I think your idea earlier too, like just like, you know, a webinar, I think a webinar is a little easier to pull off than, you know, writing a really um, tied together written piece. Um, so maybe you bring that SME onto a webinar and then like, so then you can have customers there and you get some feedback on the long form piece. That's the one thing that we like about IML, right? It's a long form piece of content, but we have all you industrial marketers in there with us all the time, talking, asking questions. So that is a good place for us to get that feedback right away in the long form piece of content. Uh, so use that, you create a webinar and do that, but then use the webinar, like record it and then figure out ways to use it in different ways in the future. Um, okay. So where is a good place to start with distributing your repurposed content? Ooh, I would gravitate towards any channel that you've had some success in. Yes. So if you have a newsletter that does really well, start infusing repurposed content into that. Or if you have a good following on organic social, start posting it there. I think tackling repurposing and trying to navigate a new channel all at once is too much. Yep. I totally agree. All right, Aaron, any parting thoughts before we get out of here? No, I don't think so. Just have fun. Yeah. All right, industrial marketers. Thank you so much for joining Aaron and I today uh, on our talk about uh, repurposing content. Remember, like we mentioned earlier, Industrial Marketing Live happens the first and third Thursdays every single month. We have a, a good lineup going into Q2 that I'm excited to share with you all. Uh, so make sure you go to industrialmarketinglive.com to get registered for that event. It's at 10 o'clock, first and third Thursdays of the month. On the other flip side, we have the Industrial Marketing Slack channel. Me, Aaron, Peyton, and like 160 other industrial marketers are in there all the time talking about the work that we're doing, asking questions, getting feedback, and having fun. Uh, so DM me or DM Aaron, and we'll get you uh, we'll get you an invite out to the Slack group so you can join us. You don't have to be alone anymore. I know that you're on a small marketing team. Come hang out with us and get feedback and make your life better. All right. Thanks, everyone. Catch you later.